On today's episode, I'm talking with Louise Barnett. Louise is a renowned life coach and public speaker with 20 years of hospitality sales and leadership experience. We talk about motherhood, sobriety, and the journey of self-development. I think you're going to love this conversation. Please let me know what you think on Instagram at K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-I-C. Okay, let's get started. Hi, my name is Kristen McAlizzi. I'm a mindset and empowerment coach, a mother of four, a proud wife, a sister, a friend, and a lover of life. Each week, I want to bring you conversations that will touch your heart, make you laugh, inspire you, teach you, and help you grow into the fullest, realest version of yourself. I believe when we dare to be vulnerable and share our stories, we see the humanness of one another and often recognize the bravery inside of ourselves. Whether it's extraordinary or seemingly ordinary, everybody has a warrior story. Welcome to The Warrior Within Us. Are you an expert with the passion and knowledge to support people on their journey to start fresh? Join the only resource guide curated for people navigating life changes and be connected to the people who need you the most when they need you the most. Annual membership includes an optimized profile, free Zoom courses, and more. Fresh Starts is passionate about supporting the experts so they can support their clients. Head to freshstartsregistry.com to apply for membership today. Use code within us for $50 off your first year of membership on the Fresh Starts Registry Resource Guide. The Fresh Starts Registry Resource Guide connects experts and services with the people who need them most. Good morning, Louise. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for asking. I'm actually sitting here in Cancun on a little holiday with my family today and so excited to be staring at the ocean and talking to you. (laughs) I'm so envious because it's about 25 degrees here in Massachusetts today. And I decided to go out this morning to walk the dog in my flip flops. So I I apparently was connected to you all this time. (laughs) Because, you know, I wore your shoes outside today. So I hope you totally love and enjoy your vacation. And I just am so honored that you decided to spend a tiny little bit of time with me today um, while you're there in Cancun enjoying the sun. So um, yeah, it's the best. So I just thought we would start by just having you introduce yourself and um, share with us a little bit of your story. Yeah, thank you so much. And yes, thank you so much for having me on. It uh, means a lot to be able to share pieces of my story because, you know, there's always at least that one person out there that can resonate and take something from it. So that's my hope today. So thank you for providing that space for us today. Absolutely. So yeah, so my name is Louise Barnett. (laughs) Where to begin, right? Yeah, right. Well, I'm celebrating my 39th birthday here, so that can give you a frame of reference for the amount of life I've had. But honestly, I would say the story really begins when I moved to uh, Texas in 2014. And I moved from the East Coast. I'm an East Coast girl myself. And I, I spent a lot of my younger years just really cycling up and down uh, with mental health challenges and 
kind of that whole youth and revolt against my parents. I just never really felt like I just fit in with life, if that makes sense. And, you know, so, you know, I went to college, I, you know, went a little bit crazy in my college years, like a a lot of folks, but I really started gravitating towards an environment, a hospitality environment that was always focused around alcohol, drugs, you name it. And that's kind of where I created my, my community, if you will. And I kind of really jumped into it. And I like to say that even in my younger years, in my twenties, you know, I still managed to, you know, party with the best of them while getting an MBA, if that makes sense. So it was like, you know, even from a younger age, I still managed to kind of pull through and appear, you know, to the outer public, like somebody who had their stuff together. And so I did, I got my MBA, I started you know, working my career, kind of building my career in the hotel space, but always kind of cycling back to those quote unquote bad decisions, if you will. And um, best decision of my life, but I did end up getting pregnant in 2012 and I was completely alone. Um, It was a really, really challenging time for me. My parents at the time decided to kind of not know how to deal with me. So they decided to just take some space from me at the time. So I really was just kind of truly alone. And that that was, I, I mentioned getting pregnant because obviously that was pivotal for me. Um, I you know chose to bring Annabelle into this world and uh, did that with, with somewhat of grace. But then after she was born, kind of started cycling back into my ways of, and I'm mostly talking about alcohol. I'm talking about drinking. I'm talking about surrounding myself with people who, you know, this is kind of what you do um, every day of the week sort of thing. And I ended up um, making the decision to move to Texas uh, following a guy. Um, That was also a really bad decision. And that's kind of where I said the story begins, but I say the story begins there because all of my drinking prior to moving to Texas was, you know, the party scene, fun and games. It's all good. Let's celebrate. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Texas in 2014 and the relationship didn't work out right away, um, I really found myself and had put myself, I should say, in a really dark place. Mm. And I was again alone, parents again not talking to me, right? Um, but, you know, I had let my credit score just completely, you know, drop over the years. And it was kind of like, holy shit, like, what have I done? Mm. And, um, you know, so I, I figured it out. I got the really horrible apartment in the bad side of town that took my credit score. And, you know, we lived in this 600 square foot apartment, just me and Annabelle. And on the outside, I, I tried to make it look like I was doing okay. I was still growing my career, you know, kind of within the hotel industry. And I grew it to the point where I was in a position where I was starting to travel a lot for work. And so I did a lot of escaping my daughter to this other world. Mm -hmm. And so I would get on the road and I would party and I would have fun. And then I would come home and it's hard to say it out loud, but I would almost resent being a mother and like resent 
my life. And I just, I wanted that other life so badly. Um, I wanted what I thought I saw in other people and the people I was surrounding myself with. You know, I, I think I kept going in this phase for, for several years. Um, and the drinking would, I would say, took a dark turn in the sense that it was less about the social scene. It was less about getting out there and celebrating. And it was much more about like, I vividly remember, you know, a happy hour with the girls at, you know, Friday evenings, but then coming home. And that's when I opened up the bottle of wine. And, you know, that's when I just wanted to numb and hide and escape everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have awareness at the time of this, but I share it because I think it is, again, such a pivotal moment in terms of where my drinking took that dark turn. Mm -hmm. And don't, don't you feel like too, there's that so much of what you're talking about is such an acceptable way to mm -hmm. be a drinker, right? So mm -hmm. not only the social aspect, like going to happy hour, it's just such a glorified um, mm -hmm. thing in our society, but then also as a mom being like, yeah, you know, the whole mommy wine culture yeah. and like, this is the way you unwind and it's okay. Like as long as your child is loved and cared for and, you know, has a bed to sleep in and food to eat, like you're doing a good yeah. job. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's sort of just like, almost like a social prescription for how mm -hmm. you do this thing called motherhood. Like, and mm -hmm. there's so many even um, influencers who have, who have gotten their like, stardom from this whole culture of you know this is the time we have the glass of wine because yeah. it's, you know how we cope with the stresses of yeah. motherhood and you know I think a lot of women struggle silently because they think like well why can't I feel this way or you know it, why can't I use this as my coping mm -hmm. mechanism when so many other people are mm -hmm. too yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's it's such a good point. And I think, yeah, big alcohol has done a wonderful job. <laughs> They're really good at their jobs. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, the number of like frozen birthday parties, I would bring a thermos of like vodka, orange juice or soda water to and like, I wasn't the only one, right. Yeah, right. And so yeah, I didn't have to hide it. It was just what, what you did. And it's interesting, because reflecting back, I do ask myself, was I choosing like, cause at the time it felt like everybody was doing it. Right. Or was I just simply choosing to put myself in that space where everybody was doing it? Sure, sure. Um, but then I didn't understand. I didn't understand why, you know, the girls could have one or two mimosas at brunch. And I felt like I needed to go home and keep going until I passed out. Like, and I thought I was weird and different and, and that's the part you keep hidden. Right. Like, sure. and I think, you know, the hospitality industry, that's a space, obviously I'm 20 years experience, you know, leading up to my current role now. And I think every industry can claim that their big drinking culture and, and hospitality is certainly no different because we get to actually do it for work, right? Like we would entertain clients or sales, right? Like you entertain yeah. clients, like everything you do. I was at an event, um, uh, one that sticks out in my mind, it's a big trade show event. And I remember standing, I was sober already at the time. And I remember standing on the rooftop and looking around and it was supposed to be a dinner event, like a, a 
stations, dinner events, right. not seated. And I remember looking around and counting six bars, six alcohol bars, and I couldn't even find the food. Yeah. Yeah. It's like six o'clock at night. <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting how, yeah, we just, we buy into everything that has put been put out so there. It was hitting you sort of from all fronts, like yeah. industry oh, yeah. worked in and, or work in, and also at, you know, being a mom, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, and it's, I'm glad that it's being highlighted and talked about, and it's sort of more out in the open, but I think it, we're just barely scratching the surface mm-hmm. of saying like, wait a minute, is this really how we want to cope with right. life and struggles? And, and the answer to me is it's not really a coping strategy. No. It actually makes everything worse. And- it makes everything so much worse. And yeah. when I was drinking, all I did was complain about our children with my drinking girlfriends. And now that I'm not drinking all I do I mean I literally like crave time with my daughter every day she's she's eight years old she's just this precious age and uh that was not the case before I mean I I truly resented her I'm I'm at an all-inclusive resort in Cancun and I cannot wait to build sandcastles with my daughter you know and it's not I think it's so important to say it's not that you don't have those times where you feel you know stressed as a mom or feel like you know, I mean, I have an eight-year-old too. And I, this morning he was like <laughs> singing a song. I don't even know what it was like over and over and over. And I'm like, can, can stop. you please stop? And I, said, can I really hope you're not going to go to school or get on the bus and do that over and over. Cause it's a little annoying and I love you, yeah. but like it, people are going to be annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, not, but it, I do feel that even my children have said, you know, my tolerance level is so much higher than it used Mm -hmm. to be because it's not it's scientifically proven that you know alcohol is like pouring fire on gasoline in terms of how it attacks your anxiety so you might feel like chill for a second like after that glass of wine (laughs) but then what happens the next day when even though you may like I didn't feel hungover most mm-hmm. of the time I felt, and I actually wore it as a badge of honor. I was like, mm, I can that mm-hmm. I can black out and wake up the next day and function. I can go to a yoga class. I can yeah. do the duties that I need to do. Sometimes I couldn't. And those yeah. times are, you know, more painful to look at than the mm-hmm. times that I could, but where was I anxiety level wise? Mm-hmm. And um, where was I in terms of how I was functioning and how I was interacting, especially with my kids? Yeah. I can tell you right now, it was way more short tempered. I yeah. couldn't tolerate, you know, the minor annoyances that come along yeah. with being a mom. And I definitely looked forward to bedtime because I, you know, and, and not that I always waited till bedtime. I, I, definitely have a cocktail before they went to bed, but I couldn't wait yeah. for them to get to bed because I was like, oh, of course. I can really like throw away my responsibilities and yeah. continue to drink. And so yeah. the, you know, me claiming that it didn't interfere with me showing up as my yeah. best parenting self would be a lie. I definitely yeah. was not. And, and, you know, I think we're being sold a lie when we're told like, it's okay. You know, if you use 
I've seen, I've seen it on like mom Facebook groups where a mom is coming, you know, clearly doesn't have a lot of friends to confide in and says like, I'm feeling anxious. And there's yeah. advice underneath in the comments that says, Drink. have a glass of wine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Off. So um, yeah. yeah, I definitely, everything you're saying is completely resonating. So where, where was the moment where you said enough is enough and I need to look at things a different way? So what started it, I met who's my husband now, and I remember meeting him and uh, thinking to myself, I just went through so many bad men after bad men after bad men. And I remember meeting Paul is his name and saying to myself, like, Louise, do not fuck this up. Mm. And Paul did not get me sober, you know, but I just, that's when the moment of consciousness came in because it, what it did was force me to put a mirror to myself mm. and, um, you know, and through our years of dating and moving in together and everything like that, I kind of did a lot of just kind of holding it together, you know, pretended to change my ways, um, and spoiler alert, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, before we knew it, you know, we were living together and I was almost worse in the sense that I was now sneaking around. I was hiding drinks in my office. I was sneaking out to the garage to drink like the warm beer that was, you know, sitting out there or, you know, a quick shot of whatever I could get my hands on at the liquor cupboard before anybody could see. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started living that life and it was horrible. Like the, the just mental anguish in the fights inside my head of like literally not wanting to do something and knowing you shouldn't be doing it but still doing it anyway Mm. um and it I would say interestingly enough that's when it got worse because I you know certain things like this kind of goes in line with our last conversation of, you know, for example, something like dry January, it it relates to like you waking up without a hangover. So like I would do a dry January and last 30 days and feel great. And then at the end of it, be like, oh, well, I don't have a problem. Like it's fine. Um, I totally, that totally, (laughs) I totally relate to that because I would think, well, if I could give, I I had actually failed many attempts (laughs) to not drink for 30 days, mainly yeah. when I was doing like whole 30 mm. and, uh, I was obsessed with the food portion and mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, I'm being so good about the food portion two weeks mm-hmm. in, I'd say just- I can have a drink. Like I'm yeah. doing so well with all the other aspects. And yeah. it was like the one thing that I couldn't mm. from for 30 days. But then I did have a successful 30 day, like dry run. And on the 31st day I picked up and I didn't stop probably until I I can honestly say there was probably a night or two that I didn't drink from the time I had that 30 day alcohol free time to when I stopped for good. And, you know, that whole concept that like, when you take a break from alcohol, the alcohol is in the other room doing pushups, waiting for you to come back. is one of the best things Mm -hmm. I've heard and I've heard it now more Mm -hmm. than uh, more than once that like you think this whole concept I I would call I would thought I was so clever I was like Mm -hmm. this is just a recalibration it's a reset it's a reset button and I'm gonna go back with a clearer mind to be able to say like 
I can just do this on a key. I'll moderate. I'll yeah. moderate. Mm-hmm. It won't be something that I, I won't drink during the week. You know, it's it's so interesting how we play these yeah. things where we say, like, yeah. I'll only drink, you know, Tito's was my go-to. I'll only oh, drink the rules. Yeah. because it's, you know, it's somebody told me it's gluten-free. So that's why I don't yeah. get a hangover. And, um, you know, so I totally resonate yeah. with that thinking that you can get it under control. Yeah. Um, and assuming that that means like, because we're obsessed with drawing this line in the sand between whether you have a problem, problem, you're going to label yourself or you don't have a problem. And it's not, I think we're learning really quickly that it's not so cut and dry. It's not like you either are, you know, incarcerated or living under a bridge or, you know, um, completely neglecting your kids or you don't have a problem one or the other it's it's not it's not not that and the question that I I asked myself and I'll I'll actually share this next um because this is I would say I did not have a clear moment I had a journey and the journey started with self-development and you know for me it was like oh I'm gonna hire a health coach lose five pounds and my life will be fixed and um but in that journey I was introduced to different influencers that I have today and one of them the quote um it was a podcast of his that I was introduced to and he said in this in the first one that I listened to is what you were doing at this very moment getting you closer to your goals Mm. And for some reason that just the way he presented it, the way I heard it, and I guess I was ready to receive it. Um, it just like burned, I, it like seared itself into my brain. Mm-hmm. And I started using that literally every time I would consider having a drink because I wasn't sober. I was trying to moderate. And I would say to myself, like, Louise, is this getting you closer to your goals? And the answer was always 100% no, mm-hmm. always. And you can, I brainwashed myself from, from that podcast and that quote, I went like headfirst into morning routines, tidying habits. I mean, like you name it, I was there for it all. And by doing, and this is a very condensed version of course, but like by doing that work, which spanned over the course of probably about six months of still really questioning my drinking and, and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but doing the work and laying the foundation for myself. It was one Saturday night and we were going out with some friends. I made the conscious choice to drink, you know, yes, I'm going to drink tonight. And, you know, went too far, of course, and, you know, woke up the next morning. And I remember standing on the landing, looking over at my husband. um, And I looked at him and I said, I'm done. I am so fucking done. Mm. And that was the last night slash you know morning that I drank um and I should also add my husband because I mentioned him as almost a catalyst in the beginning not once not a single time did he say to me Louise you should cut back you should stop you should take a break I want you to change literally not once and we've had subsequent conversations since obviously and um yeah he wanted to say all of those things yeah yeah. But he knew That's that it so interesting yeah. that you say that because for us, so my husband, he was kind of a take it or leave it kind of guy. Like I think mm-hmm. he was sort of following in my um whatever you want to call it, footsteps in terms of I was like leading the charge with the alcohol. Like it yep. was definitely something that I was always 
never pushing, but like, that was my agenda. And he just like followed my, yeah, my yeah, yeah. but, um, so when I decided to put down, he did too. And honestly, I don't, I think that that was, uh, really such a huge part of my success in not mm. drinking, because I think <laughs> if he was like, come on, let's just have one. I would have been like, okay, you're right. Yes. Um, it, so it was yes. really, I think critical for me. I, I don't think it would have been and it definitely wasn't easy, but I think it would have been a hell of a lot harder had he not also made the same decision, but, mm -hmm. um, the same kind of thing where he, he, he would try to moderate me. Like, um, when we would go out, he'd say, like as you were drinking already, you yeah. have like two, can you just have two drinks tonight instead of like five, I don't want to drive home from the city with you passed out in the car. Yeah. Like, can you just like take it easy? Or he would be the one because he rarely drink drink outside of the house because he had to drive me around. So yeah, yep. He That's would be like yep. <laughs> uh, he would say, like, can you know, like you shouldn't have another drink. And I would say, I would like mock him almost in front of other yeah. people and say, like, oh, my dad says I can't have another drink. I yeah. guess I need to stop now. Like, and we have had so many obviously conversations mm. since I decided to quit drinking. Um where he said, I didn't know I was, you were giving me so much anxiety. And it was only after the fact that he Same. realized like, wow, all those times that like, I was not wanting to drive all the way to Boston mm -hmm. for like 40 minutes outside of the city. And I wanted to go yeah. someplace more local, like so much of the conflict really did tie back to the alcohol, alcohol. but yeah. he didn't ever really notice it or see it yeah and when I started to say like I'm I'm done he even was like well he didn't he's he will say after like I didn't realize it was such a problem like and mm. when it was so hard for me to stop drinking he was like I'm sorry I didn't see it I I think when you're so close to it sometimes yeah. you can't even see it because it's like too much in your face like yeah that yeah. you have to like almost take a step back to look over and say wait a minute, that actually was really stressful. And it actually did cause a lot yeah. of problems that I didn't even consider yeah. at the time. So yeah. it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. And I think when you're drinking too, you, because you don't have the awareness yet necessarily, you'll find any other reason why there's an argument or why you're stressed or why, you know, anything that comes up. Um, and I love that, yeah, you had those conversations with your husband. I think I feel the same way. I feel really lucky that he is a take it or leave it kind of guy. And I'm sure he's having a Corona on the beach today, like no big deal. Yeah. But I do feel really lucky that I, towards the end when I was like really driving at home and I wanted it so badly and I could have those conversations with him. And I feel really lucky because you know, it takes an army. So I had my therapist, I had my coach, I had Paul, I had my mentors and influencers. And it's like, without that total package, I don't know, you know, maybe it would have happened eventually, but it wouldn't have happened in the way it did. Um, and I feel really lucky to have that. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I, that's my recommendation in so many aspects of life is like, find your community and find people that understand where you're coming from. I think that's critical. I mean, it's helped me in my journey as a special needs mom. And it's not just people that like, you know, it's not find somebody who also doesn't drink alcohol. Mm. To me, I would take it a step further and say like, find somebody who uh, like philosophies and mindset align mm -hmm. with 
yours because mm -hmm. there's going to be people who look at it differently than you do. Yeah. And those might not be your, the people that you build community with because they may, you know, it may be for like religious reasons that they don't, mm -hmm. do, or it may be because they're, you know, I think that there's like even some issues with like purity culture that I don't really subscribe to. So you mm -hmm. have to find people that not only make similar choices to you, but also yep. like align with your way of thinking. your way. Um, yeah. And similar goals, right? Because at the end of the day, alcohol, while we're, while we're in the crux of finding some Variety, yes, alcohol feels like probably the only thing on our minds. But at the end of the day, like my goal is to have alcohol feel as small as possible, not as big as possible, right? And so, yeah, like right now, my networks of people, I, they could be sober, they might not be. I really actually don't know. But right. I, what I know is that we all align working towards, you know, big goals, implementing our tiny habits. We all have morning routines. Like the way that we're living and operating our lives is similar. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's really And I powerful. think that's really important to say too, because, and I assume you feel similarly. Like I'm not a walking billboard for like, nobody should drink. I'm not yeah. a prohibitionist. I definitely um, think that there are probably plenty of people out there who it's not really impacting their day-to-day -day life yeah. or their life in general. And, and that's totally fine. Um, I just can only share my own experiences and what it was like for me mm -hmm. and what it's been for me and what it's meant to my life and how I've been able to up-level by yeah. eliminating this thing that was definitely dragging me down. Yeah. Because I think I, like you said, like, this isn't who I want to be. Like, this isn't the legacy I want to live in. And I also feel like I had these big dreams and goals mm -hmm. that I wanted to accomplish mm -hmm. that I, that I was just wait. I don't know what I was waiting for, but I was like, yeah, someday I'm going to do this. Yes. Really yes. Cool <laughs> and it's going to be someday in the future. And finally I will, you know, when I woke up and said, I'm going to I think it was like attacking it from all sides and alcohol yes. just happened to be one of the things that I was like, I'm never going to get there with this on board. Like yeah. I'm, if I ever want to do all of these things that someday I'm going to do, mm -hmm. like it can't be with it living the lifestyle that I'm yeah. living. Um, and, and I decided like someday is not just going to roll around and you're not just yeah. going to wake up and say, okay, today's the day. Um, yeah. And your whole life is going to, it's, it comes from the decisions that we make okay. and yeah, there's always going to be things that, um, come up the human experience that make it more challenging, but mm -hmm. you have to make the decision to like mm -hmm. put one foot in front of the other and do the next right thing mm -hmm. and, and make the effort or else mm -hmm. that someday is never going to come. And yeah. to me, it's like, I didn't want to get older and say like, why didn't I try any of that stuff yes. that I really wanted to do? Um, because nobody's going to just like hand it to you. You have oh. to go out and, and make the choices and, and do, do it. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting because I think that we, as you know, working moms, like so, so much when I was drinking, I convinced myself that like, I am successful. I am doing all the things. Look at me. It's all happening. And it was when I went through my journey and then came out on the other side, the growth that happens coming out of sobriety. And then you look back and you realize like, there's nothing 
wrong with what I had achieved and I'm still very proud of it, but holy crap, was I holding myself back? Yeah. You know, and you don't realize it. And I think it comes with what you were saying made me really think like, again, as working, working people, like we know what our strengths are. A lot of that is in corporate America, right? Like I'm a people person, I'm a strategist, I'm an activator, I'm a futuristic, you know, all these things, but I'm not actually using them to serve my pers- my purpose or my passion, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have that awareness, I think towards the end of the journey too, where you're like, I, I know I have all these things. I know I'm capable of so much more, but you don't really know where, where it's going. Mm-hmm. And it was through my journey. And this is why I'm so grateful for my journey because did I not have it, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being able to identify my top strengths that I've been using for 20 years in corporate America and now being able to implement them in a way where every day I'm living my dharma and purpose and passion is like, I mean, I hit the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And there's just so much possibility and so much available to us, all of us, like everybody listening, there's Mm -hmm. something that you, uh, if there's something you haven't uncovered, first of all, if you don't know what your thing is, right? Like yes. it's available to you. You got to go find it. Yep. If you know what your thing is, but you're not taking any steps forward to move in that direction, or you're playing small, or you're doing things that you hate that are making you miserable because you're mm-hmm. afraid or uh, you have everything within your capability to make a change and to work toward whatever it is you're dreaming about or figure out what you're doing, what you should be dreaming about or could be dreaming about. And it's all available to you. And I know there's probably like a few people, I mean, maybe the people that would be rolling their eyes, don't choose to listen to my podcast, right? Right. They're probably (laughs) listening to something else and that's fine too. (laughs) I think that, you know, the few people that might be saying, yeah, yeah, you heard that before. Um, you know, it wasn't until I took the steps that I realized how true it was. I always believed it. I think in my soul that like anything that I wanted was available to me, but how much more obvious is it when you're actually doing the work? Mm -hmm. Then then it's like, wow, like all these, you know, all this intuitive knowledge that I had that I, that I was capable of more was actually true. And I can actually do all this stuff that like, jazzes me up and it makes me love my life and I'm excited to do and proud yeah. to talk about and it is a journey I mean I remember when I started coaching um when it was just an idea in my mm. head and I had hired mm-hmm. a coach and I had said okay I'm gonna do this I remember somebody came over I think my cousin came by and was like what what are you up to whatever and I was like so scared to even say the word oh. and then it was all like jumbled and then after she left I said to my husband, like, I didn't even know what to tell her I was was doing. And I was like, so I was like, I'm doing this like coaching thing. And, and it just felt so unnatural, but guess what? The more I practiced and the more I stepped into just like knowing that this was available to me, the more confident I was to just, and now it's like second nature to say, this is the stuff I'm doing. And I'm really excited about it. And other people get excited too, because the energy you bring into something is what people receive. And yep. those that don't receive it in that way, typically it's because there's a little piece of them that either feels that that there's something they haven't ignited mm-hmm. yet, or they feel mm-hmm. um, you know, intimidated to look at that part of themselves. Mm-hmm. 
it has really little to do with them thinking, oh, here she, <laughs> except my kids like to say, oh, except for your kids. Goes. Yeah, here she goes. <laughs> but you know. it's so true. And I think you said a couple of really, you know, it takes work. It's not easy. And then I would add, you have to go outside of your comfort zone, right? Like no change, no good change is ever made inside your comfort zone. And so acknowledging that it is going to take work. It's going to take time. It's not going to be easy. And just go outside your comfort zone. And if you can kind of do all of those things in your own unique way, then yeah, that's how you figure it out. Right. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's going to take time. I listen, I was listening to a podcast last night with my husband and it was like a really, and I can't remember his name, so I, I'm not, <laughs> but he's been podcasting for like 11 years or something. Uh-huh. And he talked about how long it takes and how, yeah. you know, it, there are overnight success stories, mm-hmm. but usually in behind the overnight success story it's is like not the 20 yeah. years that you didn't hear when there was struggle and there was uncertainty. And exactly. so, you know, it's, it's not to say it's all available to you. You just have to wake up tomorrow and decide that you're going to go for it not. and then you'll be a millionaire. Like it's yeah. not, it's not, um, easy, but it's definitely simple. And it's, it's as simple as just taking one next step in the Absolutely. direction that you're mm-hmm. wanting to head in. And, and it is sort of magical because once you make that internal decision that you're going to go for something, mm-hmm. things do, things do click. Yeah. Do yeah. Happen. So, and the, yeah. And all of a sudden, if you're putting yourself out there in the space that makes sense for you and your unique journey, then the doors start opening and you, it, it just, it snowballs. I mean, that's the best, I guess, metaphor analogy for it. Right. Um, conversations like this today don't happen unless you put yourself out there and believe in what, in what you're doing. And I would say, you know, most people who don't make it, it's just because they gave up. It's not because they couldn't make it. Yeah. I heard the, best, <laughs> the best line the other day was uh, that I heard was um, success and failure are on the same road, but failure comes first on the road. So you just have yeah. to keep going. And it's so true. That's brilliant. Yeah. So true. Yeah. <clears throat> so true. So tell us about, so you ditched alcohol, you started, you know, incorporating new habits and, um, you know, sort of leveling up how you were living life and, and what mm-hmm. happened from there? Yeah. So I, at, at the time I was still working for Hilton, um, as a global sales director. And, but I then started, I kind of describe it as what I, similar to what I said before, but like, I knew I had this bucket. I knew it was empty and I knew I needed to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know if I needed to fill it, plug the hole, but it was just like sitting there empty. And I was feeling so proud of what I was already starting to accomplish. And I could tell my, my mindset and just, I was becoming, my big goal was to become the best mother and wife and best version of myself that I could be. And that was the big goal that I had been working towards. And I, I felt myself getting closer and closer to being the best mother that I can be. It's a never ending journey, right? Same with the wife, same with myself, but it was like, there was just something I wasn't doing. (laughs) And, um, so I started really just looking into um, coaching practices. I ended up for my own personal development, taking the Jay Shetty certification. Um, and that program just personally has grown me so much. And of course, now professionally has really allowed me to be in a space where 
I need to be. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even a want. It's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so I, I finally made the choice to, you know, part ways very gracefully with Hilton. I still do a good deal of contracting work with them, but now on this side, on this perspective, right? So talking about, uh, strategies, tiny habits lead to big goals, morning routines, you know, all these things on the corporate side. And then I uh, started my own coaching practice as well, similar to yourself. So I take one-on-one coaching clients. And then I also uh, operate a group coaching program as well called The Only Way Is Up, Uh uh, which is just, again, just about that leveling up. Like there's only one direction we can go. And Again, I love that we talked in this conversation about it's not just about the sober people and the not sober people, right? Like we are all in this together and sobriety is just a piece of my story um, to kind of getting up to the next level. So really, and I think we all have our thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you really feel called to look at your life and say like, where am I playing small and where, where, what are the ways that, or things I can do to enhance what who I want to be, yeah. uh, there's, you're going to find stuff, right? You're going to mm-hmm. find things that aren't serving you. And you're going to find things that, you know, you need to change or do to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all worthy of this level of success and this level of just like feeling good about what yeah. you're doing. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that we're lucky enough to live in a time where, we, we don't have to be cookie cutter about the way we do life, or we don't have to, you know, our, you know, the traditional idea of what it means to be successful just doesn't cut it anymore. So I think just to kind of take a step back and say like, where in my life am I playing small? Where in my life can I be improving? You know, I, I want to shout it from the rooftops because I think everybody could benefit from hearing Mm -hmm. that. And it's not sort of this, you know, the old familiar sort of outdated concept that like, it's so great and magical to be a kid because everything is easy as a kid, which is total lie anyway, (laughs) but, um, you know, and then when you're an adult, you just kind of have to like be in a light or realize that life is just sort of about suffering your way through it is just, you know, bull crap. And, uh, I just think that, I'm glad that people are waking up to realizing like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't have to look back. And also you don't have to, you know, you, I think part of you saying you want to be the best mother um, is you want to fill your cup so that Mm -hmm. you can also be an example to your daughter. Absolutely. I think the old sort of conditioned theory that like now it's, you know, I, you know, that quote or those memes that go around about like it's not about you anymore it's just about your kids oh and, yeah no you know, a good it's it and that's so false and it's mm-hmm. not about being self-absorbed or selfish but it's definitely also not about being selfless it's about oh. you know how can I be an example because we have to also think about what we would want for our kids we're not putting mm-hmm. all this energy into like helping to keep our kids safe and making sure they're loved and showing them our example so that they grow up and then become selfless people who just pour into right. everybody else and there's nothing left for mm-hmm. them. Mm-mm. So, um, I, I love the work you're doing and, um, and I'm, you know, super, I always tell like my guests, like, I'm so proud of you because I <laughs> part of it is that too. It's like, you know, I'm, I just like love to see people 
transform their lives and start living for um, all the opportunity that's available to us. And it just makes me really happy to see other people um, living the life that they know they're entitled to. And Mm -hmm. and that's everybody. Everybody is entitled to live like this incredible life. Just the fact that we're here is a miracle. And the fact that we can look at at our life that way, I think is just amazing. So I love it all. And I can't wait to see your successes. And I just really appreciate you sharing your story with me and my audience so much. And I'm so happy to connect with you. No, of course. I'm happy to connect with you too. It's, you know, it's funny. I'm sure we both got a little fired up on our boxes during this call because it is, it's just, I, I, like I said at the beginning, if just one person can listen to this and hear like, I can make this teensy tiny change in my life yeah. that is going to slowly start the trajectory for everything that I am so deserving of. Totally. Right. Totally. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you, what you're, you know, what you're working on right now and um, how to get in touch with you. If they just, yeah. Awesome. So probably the easiest way to find me is Instagram, which is at Louise D Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T. And then that has all my other contact info there too. Everybody kind of has this idea on their mind right now. And it's just a great time to just pause and really do that reflecting and, uh, and then do something about it. So that's what we're going to do. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure and enjoy this Cancun sun. Thank you. I'm excited. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks. Talk to you soon. What an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it and you want to hear others like it, I would love it if you check out the links in the podcast description. I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who would also enjoy it. You can also find me over on Instagram at K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-I-C or visit my website at www.thewarriorwithinus.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you.